go to go to uh, Genesis 32. I said this in the first service. I'm just excited about being saved. I'm excited about being able to preach the word of God. I'm excited about being able to serve the Lord somewhere. Amen. You you know where to start with the serving the Lord somewhere. You have to start doing it where you are. Amen. Uh, If you're not doing that, God's not going to move you somewhere else. I had somebody ask me earlier, well, well, how did you know you're supposed to be a missionary? I said, I didn't really know that I was supposed to be a missionary, but I started doing what God wanted me to do where I was. If you don't start there, you're going nowhere. You're going there in the flesh. That's where you're going. You're going there because you want to go there, not because God wants you to go there. Now, get that settled in your mind because that's true. And you may not like it, but that's true. And that's not a joke. That's not an Italian joke or nothing. That's just just, coming straight across, right? Waist high. You can't miss that one. Straight across the plate. It's American sport, right? Baseball. I can make some baseball analogies. You get those, right? I would have to make football analogies there. Not this football. This this football. That's, That's our thing over there. They play football. Real football. You call it soccer. We call it football. <laughs> Where did I tell you to go? I know, Genesis 32. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Laugh it up a little bit. You can smile in church. You're not going to break your face. I promise you. I promise you that's not going to happen. <laughs> Genesis 32 is where I started this morning. <clears throat> Keep a finger here because we're going to go some other places and we're going to come back. And uh, as a matter of fact, go somewhere else right now. Put your finger there and let's go to second. I have a little more time this morning, so I'm going to use a little more Bible than I did earlier. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13. I'm going to try to take a breath and slow down a little bit. got a lot to say. got a lot built up in here, right? And when you get in the Word of God, you get some stuff built up inside of you. You want to tell somebody about that stuff. Well, I thought. Maybe. Anybody else or is it just me? Oh, you're the preacher, and it's got to come out of you. You know what? When you got saved, you got called into a ministry, and we're going to look at the verse on that. You have been called to a ministry. You know what it is? Uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 8 says, You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You know what that is? It's to be a witness. You know, that's something that has to come out of your mouth. Uh, You know, lifestyle evangelism is one thing, but if you're not telling people about Jesus Christ, it's a joke. You can be religious. You can be okay. You can be a good person. But if you're not telling them about Jesus Christ, you are against Scripture. Scripture says that faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. If the Word of God is not coming out of your mouth to a lost person, you're doing something wrong. I know that's not popular preaching, but that's good preaching. I like listening to it. So I'm sorry you have to be here if you feel it. It's not the <clears throat> pastor said I could. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. See, it's, that felt pretty good laughing in church, right? Because you may be crying in a little while, but uh, you laugh at the beginning. You're not. I'm, it's not that bad. I just like, being, I like having fun in church. <clears throat> all Scripture, 2 Timothy three sixteen. all Scripture. I, I tell you this because we're going to the Old Testament. I don't want you to get the idea that you're going to the Old Testament, so that doesn't apply to me. There are principles in the Bible that go all the way through the Bible. That's why they're called biblical principles. It's, it's the teaching overall. That's doctrine, the overall teaching of something in the Scripture. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's not profitable. Now, when you don't like it, that's probably when it's the most profitable to you personally. Amen. 
and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof. That, that, that's what preaching's about, is to reprove you that you aren't where you need to be. Because if you think you are where you need to be, when I start to, I'll use me. I'm the biggest mess up that you're ever going to know, so I'll use myself as an example so I'm not pointing at you. Because I know when I point at you, there's four coming, three, however many we have, one, two, three, pointing back at me. So, so I'm the biggest mess up that I know, and, uh, and sometimes that I don't like the reproof, but uh, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, I'm, I'm a mess, right? Uh, but I'm saved. I'm blood-bought. I'm on my way to heaven. And I know that this book is here to help me. I know that preaching is here to help me. The Bible says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. You are my friends. Whether you think you're my friend or you're not my friend, we don't know each other. You're my friends because you're here. Amen? You're coming to Cornerstone Baptist Church. Friends, family, we're all that. Amen? It's profitable for for, uh, doctrine, for reproof, for correction. For correction. That's the part we don't like. Right? We don't, we don't like to be corrected by anyone because uh, we're going to get into some verses on pride later. And we're going to see about Jacob later in, in, in chapter 32 of Genesis where he had to get alone with God. And he had to get wrestling with God to find out that he was wrong with God. He had to, by saying God asked him what his name was. And he had to confess that his name is supplanter. It's deceiver. It's being subtle. That's what his name was. And he had to confess that to God. Then he got right with God. And then he went and did something for God. That's where we all need to get to. We're, we're not right with God. We are not perfect. We, we are a mess. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That doesn't change uh, when we get saved. Our position in God changed when we get saved. We become a child of God, right? John chapter 1, verse 12 says, But as many as received him to them gave you power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. You've believed on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are a child of God. You Technically, you're a saint of God, but you still sin every day. I said in the first service, uh, if, if it was up to me to keep my salvation, I'd have lost it at about uh, 4 o'clock this morning. When I, or Actually, it was about 3 o'clock this morning when I got a text saying, hey, we can't figure out how to turn the iPad on. We can't. Uh, uh, church service is still going on over there and it's six hours difference. And, you know, I'd have lost my salvation right then because I was kind of upset. I was sleeping pretty good, you know. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> go, back, go back to... Uh, I'm kind of random sometimes, so you have to bear with me. Uh, Genesis chapter 32, we're going to go back here. <clears throat> I'm just trying to say the principles are here in this, in this part in the Old Testament, and they, they apply to what we are today. It's going to correct us. It's going to reprove us. It's going to furnish us, thoroughly, thoroughly furnish us unto all good works. That's what the Bible's for. Even in the Old Testament. I'll say, I, was, uh, I say that I've met people that have never read the Old Testament, ever. Well, it's not, there's no red words back there. I don't need to know the Old Testament. Well, if you don't, you don't know God of the Old Testament, you don't know God of the New Testament. You don't know that God still has wrath on sin. You don't know, you don't, you don't understand how holy God is because he expected his people in the Old Testament to be holy. And that, that carries on through into the New Testament. It says in 1 Peter, it says, be ye holy for I am holy. You know, if he, would have, if he said that we need to be holy, uh, that means that he gives us the ability to live holy. Saint of God. Okay, Genesis chapter 32, and I'm going to read verse 24, and then I'm going to go back and kind of explain where we are. <coughs> Sorry about that. It's not corona, I promise you. I have, a, I have a, 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 a negative test in my back pocket, so <coughs> I just cough when I preach. Bear with me. <coughs> and Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and, he, <clears throat> and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with God. 
Just my basic premise for the whole message this morning is when you meet God, your walk will change. Jacob met God, and he, he had a limp for the rest of his life. He, God, the, Jesus, I believe it was Jesus Christ. I believe it was a pre-incarnate Jesus Christ, Christophany, Christ in the Old Testament. And he wrestled with him, and he had to see that Jacob was really, really seeking him. He wanted a blessing. Now, as Christians, we want a blessing, but we want to do it the wrong way, right? We want a blessing from God because, oh, we're doing so good. No, we get a blessing from God. We get spiritual blessings from God when we do what God wants us to do. When we are obedient to the call of God. When we are willing to surrender, submit ourselves to what God has for each and every one of us individually. And what it is today is you become a part of a local New Testament church and you serve God in that church. However, pastor says you want to, you're able to serve in this church. I knew that one was going to get nothing. I knew that was going to be quiet because we're in, we're in the day and age where we want to do what we want to do. But God doesn't have it that way. So Jacob's wrestling with God and he touches the, the, the Jesus wrestled with, he touches his thigh, right? And, and I wondered about that because in the, in the Old Testament, Abraham sent Eleazar to go find a bride for his son. And he has his servant put his hand under his thigh. And I thought, well, that's kind of weird. Going on with that under his thigh, that's a, but that's a symbol of his strength. His strength is in the thigh, and all of our strength is in the thigh. That's why we get the armor of God in Ephesians chapter six. We we gird ourselves about the loins with truth, right? That's to protect our strength. If you're in a battle and you get hit in the leg, you're done. You're an easy target. That's why you always say you're getting chased by a bear with two people getting chased by a bear. You just hit the one in front of you because you just got to be faster than him. Yeah, that's right. That's why I don't run. By the way. Yeah carry a gun, don't run. <laughs> you don't have to worry about that bear anymore, but that's not here nor there. But we're going about the thigh. He's, he's, he's worried about the thigh. His walk changed. And, and it begs the question, when you, when you met Jesus Christ, did your walk change? We're going to get into some more of that in a minute. But the, as, you, as we go back into like verse 7 there in chapter 32, <clears throat> look what it says here. We'll start in verse 6. That was for everybody back home. I do that every time. I said, well, we're going to go to verse 7. Now let's back up to verse 6. Let's find the whole context. Ah, let's start at the beginning of the chapter. I won't do that to you today, but uh, let's go to verse 6. It says there, And the messenger returned to Jacob, saying, We came to thy brother Esau, and also he cometh to meet thee, and 400 men with him. That's, ba- that's bad news for him, because he thinks his brother's going to kill him. Right? Uh, his brother had promised that as soon as his father was dead, Jacob's a dead man. So these grudges, they carry on for a long time. It's almost the idea that we get in the New Testament of that root of bitterness. When, when somebody offends you and, and, you know, you just let that thing stay in there. You won't give it to the Lord. The next time you see him, you want to you wanna do some uh, sinful things to him, right? Yeah, that's true. You could amen that because I know that's what you're thinking. You know somebody right now that you have that thought about and you haven't got something right with God about, about with that person. And that's one of those things you need to do because you're letting that bitterness affect your walk. Right, And you met Jesus Christ. If you're saved this morning, you walked with Jesus Christ at one point. When you got saved, you were excited about being saved. I guarantee it. I had the weight of the world lifted off my shoulders when I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. I had a peace that passes all understanding. I knew what that meant. But then you get thrown out into the world, and the whole world says, oh, we hate you, we don't want nothing to do with you, we want to drag you back where you were before, and uh, yeah, we love you more than God loves you. You get the idea? That's what the world wants to do to you. If you let it. But you know why you let it? Because you're, you're not as close to God as you think you are. I'm not always as close to God as I think I am. I'm just being honest with you. I'm just speaking from my heart this morning. I'm not as close to God all the time as I think that I am. And it's not just me. 
You, you ask anybody that's been saved for a long time, and I haven't been saved that long compared to some of you, but uh, you, you ask them, are you always walking with God right where you need to be? And they'll, if they're honest, they'll tell you no. Yeah, that's true. So don't feel bad if you're not walking with God like you should. Just get it right. Make sure that you get it right. And you got an opportunity to do that in a preaching service this morning. If you don't get it right, it's going to affect everything else in your life. Everything. Don't let that happen. I'll give you the illustration. We had a guy that was coming to our, our services, and uh, he, he was faithful. I mean, he was faithful. He was getting there an hour early on Wednesdays, and he, we would talk to him about the Lord. He was lost even. We would talk to him about the Lord. Lisa and I would get him alone, and we're showing him the Bible. The Bible says this, and, and he, he was on fire, and he ended up, how long was it, three months later of going through that? Hour early every service. We're telling him about the Lord. We're being nice to him. A homeless guy, Steve was his name, and he was just getting on fire for God. He was a drunk, and he ended up getting saved. Praise God. And he, and he just got cleaned up. His eyes were always red, and now he's coming back. They're just white as snow. You could just see that God's changed his life. Steve got a job. I baptized him, right? I, I, he, he was on fire. I was discipling him. I'm four or five weeks in discipleship, spending two hours with him every Tuesday morning, and we're getting close, and we're, we're trying to get him to serve God, give a testimony, something, and then he gets a job praying for a job. Sometimes that's not always the best thing. He gets a job and then all of a sudden he's, he's only there Wednesday nights. And then he's, then he's only there maybe for discipleship. Next thing you know, <clears throat> I told you I was going to cry when I told this story this morning. Then next thing you know, we'd see the newspaper, <clears throat> homeless guy dead in a porta potty. Lisa's like, that's him. I was like, no, no, that can't be him. No, that wouldn't happen. He's saved, right? He's, it was him. He, he, he was saved. He's on fire for God. Next thing you know, he's dead. You know what happened? The Bible says, be sure your sins will find you out. You know what? His heart went away back from God. Go to 1 John chapter 5. I want to show you something here. We're coming back to Genesis 32. I just, I don't know why I'm doing this. Some, uh, like I said, in morning service, somebody needs us. I don't know who it is. Maybe it's me. <clears throat> It's always me. I always need this. <clears throat> Look at First John chapter. We, we like First John chapter uh, five, verse 13, where we know that, that we're, we're children of God. Any that believe on his name, we're, we are secure in heaven. Right. First John chapter five, verse 13. But then there's verse 16. We don't like this so much. I don't like this so much. <clears throat> Nonetheless, whether I like it or not, it's still in the Bible. Amen. That that's true. You may not like it, but it's still there. I may not like it, but it's still there. And God's word is true from the beginning. 1 John chapter 5, verse 16. If any man see his brother sin, a sin which is not unto death. So there you go. There's where the grace of God is, right? There's a sin that's not unto death. We sin every day and God gives us grace, right? Just get them right, right? That's the only thing he requires. Fellowship, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if you got those sins, get them right with God. Don't carry them around. Don't say, don't challenge God and say, well, you know what? I'm just going to do it one more time. God's warned you, right? This this could be the warning this morning of whatever that sin that besets you is. God has an end to those things. He'll just take you home. You say, well, God isn't, God can't do that. Why not? Why not? <clears throat> if any man see his brother's sin, a sin which is not unto death, and he shall ask, and it shall be given him life for them that sin not unto death. We pray for those that we know that, have a, that are sinning, that they'll get right with God, right? That's a simple thing for us. There is a sin unto death. 
I do not say that he shall pray for it. There is a sin unto death. You say, what is it? I don't know. I don't know what yours is. I, I, had, this, I had this suspicion as, as, as when we got saved and I started preaching at the mission about every day. It was four or five times a week preaching at the mission. And I'm preaching hard against alcohol, you know, because you got the mission and then you have the West End Tavern, which I always thought was kind of a convenience, yeah, trying to pull them back into the world. But, but the, <clears throat> I, always, I always preach hard against alcohol. It's a sin. You shouldn't do it. And I can show you the Bible on it. Some of you are looking at me, they're like tensing up on me. Just, just, just hear me out here. I can show you the Bible verses on it. If you want to talk to me later about it, I'll be more than happy to show you that stuff. But anyway, I always told, as, as I preached about that, and I knew where I came from out of that stuff, I knew in my heart with a healthy fear of God. You know what the Bible says about that too, right? Fear of the Lord's beginning of wisdom. Fear of the Lord's beginning of knowledge. And the fear of the Lord is life. You know, those things that we don't believe anymore, that we should fear the Lord, that we should respect God. God and we should do what God says. We don't have that fear anymore. Yeah, there should be a few more than that, I think. Okay, I, I believe with all my heart, if I would have a drink of alcohol today, that God should kill me. I believe that with all my heart. That's my sin unto death. What's yours? You know what it is. You know what it is. And, and you keep thinking about it. You keep thinking, you know what, I'm going to get grace that one, that one more time. God's going to give me grace to do that one more time. He is not required to give you grace if you want to do that one more time. You need to start fearing God. <clears throat> you say, why are you so hard about that? Because I had a Steve in my life. I had someone that we got so close to, and then he got pulled right back into that garbage. And next thing, how would you want it? Would you want to die in a porta potty? Can you think of a much worse way to die? He got out of the will of God. He knew that that was his sin unto death. He knew it. But yet he's, well, this, this world wants me more. The world loves me more. Please, I'm begging you. I'm begging you by the Spirit of God with everything that's in me. If you know what that is, would you just stop? Would you just get it right with God and allow him to help you? Please. I know he wants you to get it right. I don't, I don't even know why I'm talking about this, but it's not in my notes. Somebody needs it today. Please. Please, <clears throat> let's go back to Jacob. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 32. <clears throat> I'm, not, not, I'm not trying to cause any problems. I know I'm only here for a couple more days and I'm on the road. I, I just want you to be right with God. You are going to help your neighbors. You are going to help your family. You are going to help your friends. You are going to help your church. If you will just get right with God, please. I know this is probably the most spiritual church in town. I know that. I know that. But there's always room to improve. Jacob. Jacob wrestling with God. And he... Then Jacob was great... Verse 7. Genesis 32, verse 7. And Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. He knew his brother was coming to kill him. uh, And he he got afraid. And and, and you know the Bible says that perfect love casts out fear, right? He didn't have a proper love for God. He was in it for the benefit. You can look at his whole life, his name, Jacob the Supplanter. He was always trying to get something up on somebody else. And, and Laban taught him a lesson. Laban gave it right back to him when he, when he was trying to get Rachel and he got Leah instead. You know the story. I don't have to re, re, read those stories to you. <clears throat> but he, he got what was coming to him, basically, I, I think. I could be wrong. You could correct me, Ryan, later if I'm wrong on that. <laughs> But I think that's what's going on here. He needed a taste of his own medicine. 
Anytime that we play with God, expect God to give us a taste of our own medicine. And no, I'm not staring at anybody. Somebody said, well, you're just staring right at me. No, I'm not. I'm just kind of moving it around. I'm just kind of laying this out for everybody. If you feel like I'm staring at you, you're the one this message is for. Amen. Yeah. <clears throat> 32 verse 7. And he divided the people that was with him. You know that fear brings division? That fear that you have is going to keep you out of something that God wants you to do. Jacob here at this moment, he, he, he split his, his family into three groups. Or he split the servants out with some, with some bribes for Esau. And then there's another group with some bribes for Esau. And then you got Jacob clear back in the back with the ones that he really cared about. And he's like, yeah, I hope you guys die. And if, just in case, I'm going to leave you out there in front. And, uh, you know, then I'm going to run. Because he's still got that little bit of supplanter in him. He's still got that bit of deceiver in him, that subtleness that he has. Everybody's thinking, well, this is a really good idea. We're going to take the spoil up here. And, and Jacob's like, you got the target on you, folks. Yeah, that's a good way to lead, right? You know, you know we're called to be uh, servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're, his servants lead from the front. We, we try to do something for God from the front. People need to see what we have for Jesus Christ is real, and we're not just playing the game. You can come to church. You've heard this already, even in this service. You can come to church dressing right. You can come to church looking right. You can have the right lingo. You can, you can have the right book in your lap. You can sing as loud as you possibly can. You've got a great voice, a voice and you can be lost as a lost can be. Yeah, I hope that's not you, but uh, it could be. You know it. I don't know it. I'm not even going to try to figure out who it is, but you know who it is. You, you know whether you're just playing the church game or not. I know somebody is, or God wouldn't have a gospel being preached almost every Sunday. Because God is concerned. God is throwing roadblocks in front of you that you don't go to hell. Yep. Whether what, what, what the world tells you hell is not real or not, hell is real. Right? Uh, everybody said, Luke 16 is a parable. No, it's not. There's a requirements for a parable. That is a biblical fact. Hell is real, and it's fire, and it's going to burn forever. And if you don't have Jesus Christ, that's where you're going. You need to, you need to meet Jesus Christ. And that's what Jacob has here in, in a couple of verses. <clears throat> Verse 24. <clears throat> We're going to skip way ahead. <clears throat> Verse 24, Genesis 32, verse 24. I, I want you to turn there. Uh, that's why I'm waiting. Yeah, it's not one of those silence where I forgot where I was going. I, I, I will do that. I will forget. <laughs> but I want, you to see, I want you to see these verses are important. <clears throat> and Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him unto the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint, and he wrestled. As he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. There he goes. He, he makes him confess who he is. And that's the gospel message. I, I know this, there's, there's something else going on here. I know that. I understand my Bible enough to know that. But he makes him confess who he is. His name is Jacob. I, my name is Jacob. I am that person. I am undone. I, I shouldn't have done what I've done with everybody here. I shouldn't have put them out into the group to get killed. I shouldn't have. But we're tempted to do that. <clears throat> to put somebody else out front. But he said, there, there's, there's where he comes to the point and says, I, I am the supplanter. It's kind of like us when we, when we hear the gospel message. You have to acknowledge that you are that sinner. 
You know, you know how uncomfortable that is to admit that you're that sinner. When I heard the gospel, I was like, oh, man, I don't, I don't know about that. But the, the Holy Spirit was on me so much that I had to. I had to go forward. I had to tell God that I am exactly what you said I am. Yeah. You know, I heard that. That book, that book you got in your lap. That's where it comes from. Go to Ephesians chapter 1. It's in the New Testament. I know you know that. I just say that all the time. It's just kind of a little funny thing. It gives me a, it gives me a minute to uh, look, go to my, the front of my Bible and see exactly where it is. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Sometimes. <laughs> Minor prophets. I mean, come on, really. You, you do the same thing. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. Oh, yeah, go to Habakkuk. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. You can, it, it's okay to smile. It, it really is. The joy of the Lord is our strength. I'm happy to be saved. I'm, I'm happy to be on the way to heaven. I'm happy to serve the Lord wherever God allowed me to serve him. I'm just happy about it. I am. I know I don't look it. And you're probably like, <laughs> I am. I'm excited. I'm stoked. I'm on fire. I gave a bunch of tracks yesterday. I got to give the gospel to a girl that uh, I didn't think she would... Uh, even want to care about the gospel. I had to do that yesterday. I praise the Lord for that. Amen. You know why? Because I was willing. Because something happened when I got saved. My walk changed. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. In whom he also trusted. We put our trust in something. You know, right? We can't trust ourselves. We're going to lead ourselves wrong. Every, every time that we think in the natural state, we're going to do the wrong thing. Right? We, it all goes back to Jesus Christ. In Colossians, it says that Christ should have preeminence, first place, in everything. I need to get that cricket chirp app back on my phone. Where where I say stuff like that, I just get that cricket chirp. I can't even do a cricket. I haven't heard a cricket in 15 years. In whom he also trusted after that he heard the word of truth. Somebody has to hear the word of truth. And then he, then he says what that word of truth is. It's the gospel, the gospel of your salvation. He's making that personal. It's your salvation. Your salvation. It's a personal, it's a personal decision that you make to trust Jesus Christ. You are wicked. And, and thank God that you're a saved wicked person instead of a lost wicked person. After you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that ye believed it, you heard, you trust and believe, they're different. You trusted it as mean you put everything in it. You, your heart was changed. You're under such conviction that you couldn't do anything about it except for turn to Jesus Christ. If that's you this morning, you heard what you need to do already. I don't have to say it again. I'm going to, but I don't have to. Repetition is how you learn, right? You need to get saved. You need to talk to somebody. You, you, you need to trust Jesus Christ because nobody in this building wants you to die and go to hell. Nobody. Amen. We love you enough to tell you the truth. Quit playing the game. You heard the word of truth. You were sealed. After that, you believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. It's a promise. You get the down payment on your eternity right there. You, you, we become joint heirs with Christ. We, we become uh, seated with Christ in heavenly places, the Bible says. You become a child of God. You know what you used to be? Go to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. <clears throat> I can go to 1 o'clock, right? 
<laughs> Whoa. <laughs> John chapter 8, verse 44. Uh, and this is Jesus Christ talking to religious people. You know, Jesus Christ had a lot of mercy with lost people. He didn't have much grace and mercy with, uh, with religious people. There's a lesson in that for us, too. Sometimes, so our, biggest, our biggest enemy, our biggest, not enemy, we don't hate them. Our biggest, uh, um, the people we have the, the most uh, uh, intense fellowship with when we're on the mission field are, are people that have different beliefs on salvation. Uh, other people that say they're Christians, they're the hardest ones. So you've got to uh, earnestly contend for the faith, it says in Jude, in Jude. Earnestly contend for the faith. It has to mean something to us. The faith, uh, the revealed truth of Scripture is the faith. You're saved by faith. But this is the faith, the word of God for us today. You need to have trust and believe the word of God. <clears throat> I forgot where I had to. Eight, John eight forty four. Ye are of your fathers the devil. He calls them children of the devil. That great loving savior to us. He's pretty rough. You know why he can do that? Because he knows the heart. That's a convicting thought. Because he knows my heart too. And he knows your heart too. That's why he cries out to us with preaching to get your heart right, please. I want to do so much for you. I want to bring you so far. And, and, and I don't say this as a proud thing, but if you would have told me after I got saved that I was going to go to another country as a missionary, I'd have said you were nuts. You were clean out of your mind. But God is able. God is able to use any person in this building if you're right with him. You have your, the, your father, the devil, and the lusts of your father, ye will do. Ye will do. It's not you might do it. If you're, if you're walking in the flesh, those are the things that you will do, not the things that you might do. And if you're walking in the spirit, according to Galatians chapter 6, love is, is right in there. Love, joy, peace. You want all those things, you need to walk with God. You wonder why you don't have it, you need to check yourself. A little uh, self inflection look at look at your heart every once in a while and say hey I, I could probably fix that you can't fix it god can fix it you need to get it down lay it down to him yeah. he'll help you but we have a part to play in that we need to realize our issue you know what our issue is i see it every morning when i look in the mirror i'm the problem god's not the problem i am and I, and I need to spend more time with him. I need to walk closer with him. He said, well, you're on the mission field. I, I still need to be close to God. I'm not in Jacob. Jacob, he, when he touched that thigh, his walk changed. That's the idea of us not being a, a child of the devil anymore. I'm not saying every lost person is a child of the devil. Don't go, oh, you're a child of the devil. Yeah, that, that, that's really going to win them to Christ. Yeah. We, we get that way sometimes where we, we just got to. We, we, we kill them with kindness, but usually like, well, let's just kill them. Let's just beat them in the ground. You're going to burn. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure anybody's ever been really won to Christ that way. But <laughs> you want to try, go ahead. Just don't say you go to the Cornerstone Baptist Church. <laughs> That's what I tell our people. You, you can go ahead and do that, but don't tell them you go to our church. Don't give them a track from our church. <clears throat> go to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. <clears throat> And I'll show you why. So you're kind of rough. No, uh, no, 
No, this isn't rough. This is just basic Bible. This is, this is just somebody coming in that, that, that thought, you know what, I want to be a help this morning. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Yes. I love you. I, I can't tell you that enough how much I love you. I, I, I know you all pray for us, and, and we pray for Cornerstone Baptist Church. We pray for you all because we love you. And, and if I could help you in some just some small little way today that you get there's just that one little besetting sin. And, and I'm going to show you where those are in the Bible. If you, you just correct that and get right with God, you could win your neighbor to Christ. You could win your, the, per, the last person you thought would possibly get saved. You could be the one that gets to lead them to Christ if you show Jesus Christ. John chapter 3 says, if, Christ, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. Do you, are you lifting up Jesus Christ? Is your conversation as of what it should be? 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17. Look at this. this is, th- these verses are amazing. Paul's writing to this. Uh, 1 Corinthians, he just tears them, tears them apart. Right? There's, there's things going on in that church that shouldn't be done. Even the lost people aren't doing the wicked stuff that the church is doing. And, the, and then he builds them back up in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. All through 2 Corinthians, it's like the, uh, the, the cheerleader saying, come on, let's go. That's what I'm trying to do this morning. Come on, let's go. Jesus Christ is coming soon. We're going to get called out of this thing, and there's a lot of people that are going to go through a really rough time. The Bible says it's the worst that no man has ever seen. Do you want them to go there? Well, maybe you do. I, don't know. I, I know some people that are pretty rough, and I thought, man, if anybody should go through Daniel's 70th week, it should be them. But then the God smites me and says, yeah, you should be in there too. It's only by the, by the free gift that I gave to you that you're not going there. You know what Ephesians chapter 2 says, that, that we're saved by grace through faith as a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So you're not working for your salvation. You're working because you love God if you're doing anything. If you're not doing anything, maybe you don't love God. Maybe you weren't even saved to start with. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. I'll get you out before the restaurants close, I promise. We're, we're almost there. We're, 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 circling the, the, we're circling the runway. We're almost coming into the landing here. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, therefore, because of what? Because we, we know Jesus Christ. Because we are a child of God. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. A new creature. You're not what you used to be. You shouldn't be. Are you? It says you're, it says you're not. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna side with. I'm just gonna side with God on this one. That we we shouldn't stay the same, right? We should, that we new creature. Do you get that? That's a beautiful three letter word there. New creature. Not, not not the same as what you were before. Okay. Okay. We're on the same. I saw some heads go. Yeah. So you're in agreement with me on that one. <clears throat> a new creature. Old things are passed away. What, what are those old things? The old desires, those, those old things that you used to love so much, those things that you, you still kind of wrap your arms around. I, I heard a preacher say one time when, when the rapture comes, I, I don't want to be hanging on to something and God have to pull me out by my, by my feet. Man, that kind of hurt a little bit. I don't, I don't want to be that guy that's getting pulled out that way. I'm, I'm going like this. There, there's nothing here holding me down. This, this is all old stuff. Except for the people. You can amen that. That, that. The people around you need you. Child of God. That new creature that the Bible says you're supposed to be. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. It's new. Your desires should become new. Your, your want to should be new. All those things should be new. And that's a process, right? Because we want these things. I want them. What's really important? Souls. Or possessions. 
Therefore, set your treasures on things above, where moth and rust don't corrupt. Now, there's some value of getting souls in heaven. You say, well, it doesn't do me anything now. You want, some, you want some joy? Win somebody to Christ. It's better than anything else you're ever going to do. It goes on. He doesn't just stop there. That's a good preaching verse. I could preach on that until... I'm just, I'm just kidding. And all, and all things are of God, little children, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. We, we be made right with God through Jesus Christ. Not because you're a good person. Not because you, did, you do so much for the church. That doesn't make you reconciled to God. It was the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. How that Christ died for your sins according to the scripture. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scripture. That's how you become right with God. Just like Jacob when he, when he confessed to God that I am the supplanter. I am not right with you. I am out of fellowship with you. I need to be made right with you. But I'm going to hang on. I'm going to be a part of the vine almost. You see how we, he, we abide in Christ. We hang on to the Lord Jesus Christ. And and he'll strengthen us. We'll get it from the root up. To wit, verse 19. Well, it's 18 at the end there. He gives us the ministry of reconciliation. You want to be in ministry? There it is right there. Ministry of reconciliation. He's given us the opportunity as born again Christians to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth and be able to take that grace and knowledge of the truth and pass it on to someone else, that how they can be reconciled to God. If you've ever done any kind of counseling or if you've ever come to any kind of thing where, where you have two people that really hate each other, and you get stuck in the middle, and that's not always fun because you get people yelling at you, their, their position, and I'm right, they're wrong, they're right, I'm wrong. Well, nobody ever says that one. So I'm, I slip out of the tongue there. Nobody's ever wrong. So you hear both sides of this thing, and you get stuck in the middle. And that's right. We have God who's always right, and we have someone over here that will never admit that they're wrong. And you're put right in the middle to tell them that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And you're there to tell them that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is everlasting life through Jesus Christ. That's your ministry. But God, Romans 5, 8, but God commended his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You can reconcile that lost sinner to God through the gospel message of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the only way. Christ Jesus came in the world to save sinners. And the closer you get to God, you're going to realize how much of that sinner you really are. The apostle Paul, the closer he got to Jesus Christ, the worse he thought of himself. That'll knock the humble right out or put the humble right in you, knock, knock the pride right out of you. To see how bad you really are. You know, you, that's why you're not going to read your Bible. Because God shows you what we really are. And then we get the comfort of Romans chapter 7 where he says, those things that I want to do, I don't do. Those things that I do, those are things that I shouldn't do. All right, right. And, the, and that's a comfort. And, a, and, and then it's kind of a, ah, that's how it is for me anyway. Because you see the greatest Christian in the New Testament saying, I still struggle with the same, the same thing you struggle with. And then it's like, oh, I'm going to struggle with all that stuff. We'll get saved and someday you won't have to. First Corinthians chapter 6. Back up a little bit. <clears throat> it's really good that the clock's on the back wall so they can't see it. Oh, come on. Smile. It's okay. First Corinthians chapter 6. 
verse 19. Paul's writing that. Uh, I mentioned the first letter there. Paul says, What know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you? The Holy Ghost is in you is what he said right there. You know that? When you got saved, the Holy Ghost of God is in you. You know, that'll, that'll change some of that input that we put into our bodies and we'll put into our eyes and we'll put into our ears. You know, the Holy Ghost got to listen to that too. You know, the Bible says that Christ is in us. You, you know that Jesus Christ, you're putting some of that into him too. Now think about that for a while. It, it might change a little bit, maybe. <clears throat> Holy Ghost was in you, which you have of God, and ye are not your own. You're not your own. Why not? Because you surrendered. You surrendered your will to God when you got saved, and then you pull it back. So, well, God, I'll give you some of that, but I don't, I'm not going to give you all of it. You know what he wants? He wants all of it. You know why he wants all of it? Because he is worthy. First Peter chapter 1, verse 19, we're, we're, we're redeemed by the precious blood of Christ. It's, precious, it's the most precious substance in the universe. And he shed at one time, and you need to get under it. You need to quit playing and start living. Living for God. That's what he wants of us. He wants that of us more than anything. You want peace? Do that. You want joy? Do that. You, you, want, you want some learn some long-suffering? Do that. You say, well, I don't want to learn that. Well, do it anyway. God wants you to. You want God to be long-suffering with you. Why aren't you long-suffering with someone else? Right. <clears throat> we're almost there. We're, we're, we're coming down. The runway's coming in. Second, uh, Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. <clears throat> we're finished. Verse 11, 12. No, 11. Okay, smile, smile. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Jesus Christ, the gospel message, has appeared to all men. Right? There, there's no reason that nobody on this planet has not heard or seen the gospel. right? Uh, because we're all trying to get the gospel around the world. right? That's what missions is. God sends people to get the gospel. If somebody really wants the gospel, God's going to send somebody to them. And that's the truth. <clears throat> look what it goes on here. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live, should live soberly. And, and, and you can make a double application of that soberly. Seriously, uh, take your face serious. Don't play a game with it. And it's also, you can make that to say you shouldn't be a drunkard, right? You shouldn't be putting that stuff in your body. You can, you can take that both ways. But I'm, I'm more serious about my faith than anything. I joke around in the pulpit, but I'm serious about Jesus Christ. You're not going to sway me one way or the other about my salvation and my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if somebody can do that to you, you need to get your nose in that book and read it some more. Living soberly and righteously... <clears throat> And godly in this present world. Looking for that blessed hope. Do you see what he says there? He gives us some things that we should be doing as we're looking for Jesus Christ. Why does he tell us that we need to do that? Because people need to see how real it is to us. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. He tells us to live godly, soberly, righteously in this present world. You know why? Because nobody else is. And we can do it with a smile, and we can do it having joy, and we can have peace. It's all about want to, I guess. Do we really want to? Do we really want to trust God enough to 
to serve him with everything. Proverbs chapter 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not on thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall bring it to pass. Trust him. I told you. Uh, I got saved August 20, 2006. This is, it's only, this is not even 15 years. Almost 15 years now. And what God can do with somebody that's willing. pastor asked me one time, well, I don't understand why you get it. Why do you, why do you, why do you, how did you, How? I don't know, maybe I wanted it. Do you? I want to know God more and more every day. I want to open my Bible in the morning, and I want the Holy Spirit to show me something I've never seen before. And then I want to share it with somebody else. Do you? I'm not trying to be hard, but, I mean, that's what he, he just called us to do that. How are we doing? Are we walking the walk? Or are we just talking the talk?